Hello. Hi, Winnie. Hi, Irene. How are you? <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, I switched off the video because you know, connection issues. So no, it's okay. We can now switch off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Um, so thank you so much, Irene, for taking time to speak with me. Um, so I'll I'll just give a brief introduction yeah. about myself and then okay. we'll see if you have any questions you can ask and I'll answer before we go into the interview. If that's okay with you. All right. Okay. So um my name is Winnie Nachiinji. I am Ugandan, typically Ugandan. I am a statistician by profession, but right now I'm try I've been working in academia for quite uh, a good time. So right now I'm trying to transition into industry and you know pick up a few skills from that side and then head back into academia. That that would always be a part of me. Um, so basically why I run what I run this project, it's just to answer a few questions for a young girl in STEM because I can relate to that and if I remember as a young girl in class it was always a um a struggle to you know convince myself convince the people around me uh, why I was worth sitting in a science class so in class it was always you know about explaining myself to my male colleagues why am I so different from other women who go for the art subjects why am I beside and then outside class I had to you know explain myself to the people around me why are you in a mathematics class what are you going to become when you grow up so all that confusion was um, it wasn't something comfortable for me as a young girl so I felt like if um, I have you know, examples of women who have walked uh, different paths in, in the STEM field. Um, you know, their examples put out there. Maybe a young girl one day can check the website and be like, you know what? I don't want to become a doctor, but I love doing biology. So maybe I can be, I can do biomedical engineering. Maybe I can do research in health science. Maybe I can do anything else that's not becoming a medical doctor, which is <laughs> like a run to field for all, you know, African children in sciences. Everyone assumes you're going to become a doctor or a pilot, which is unrealistic, or an engineer, which is still unrealistic if you're a woman according to the stereotype. But now here we are, we have Irene. She's an engineer, she is a woman, she is Ugandan. She is someone you can relate with, someone, she's of your skin color, she has the same background as you. So it's just to, you know, answer those questions and, and make this girl feel like she's part of a bigger community, irrespective of what society throws at her. She can give an example, she can say, no, 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 I want to be an engineer. And I have an example of a woman who is an engineer and she's making it in life. So it's um, basically to give this girl confidence and make her understand that she can follow her passion. And there are women who have done that and they're still okay. It's not like anyone has died because they're doing anything in STEM. So yes, basically that's why I do what I do. And thank you so much, so very much for sparing time to speak with me. It's an honor. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. I don't know how you pick out the words that you print in your in your blog. Uh, I'm not too much into interviews, so I don't know how this will go, but let's just freestyle it and you pick up what you can. <laughs> no, that's yeah. okay. Thank you so that's much okay. for considering me. You're welcome. Yeah, it's such an honor. <laughs> but looking at your at your blog, I see big people, so I don't know if I belong there, but good. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. All right. That is fine. Yeah. We just. Hey, yeah. No. Me, I'm a freestyle person, so <laughs> I know you'll get something out of it because I've read Engineer Dana's story, and mm -hmm. those other people. She's the only person I could relate to there, mm -hmm. like okay. deeply, because I know her. Mm -hmm. But uh, we all have a story, like you say, and um, um, I've been lucky to be called to give some talks to students. Okay. That's uh, for example, in my former school mm -hmm. and in the community here and mm -hmm. at my son's school. So you find well, out that actually you have a story to tell. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I know you'll pick out what matters to you, but it's such a big honor to be considered for your blog. Yeah, it's amazing work you're doing, actually. I hope people, uh, I hope the young, the young ones are exposed to that literature that you do because I went through and it's they're great, great stories. And uh, if someone is growing up and they feel like they can't make it as a lady, then they need to listen to this, to read these stories. Mm -hmm. yeah, they need to, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so Irene, uh, can you give us a brief introduction about yourself? Just maybe your name and where you work or what you do currently? Um, Irene Atavi. I'm a telecommunications specialist. Um, I currently work with Airtel Uganda in the transmission planning and operations department. Mm -hmm. And also I'm a project management professional and trainer and teacher, wow. coach. I don't know, you could pick one of those. <laughs> uh, with, uh, I teach project management and also other, uh, we have professional evaluation and certifications board. Mm -hmm. courses so I'm actually also a, a tutor wow and um, yes that's what I do I'm a wife and mother of three beautiful children wow <laughs> yeah okay um so you are into telecom engineering um yes, can please. you can you tell us a little bit about that how was your childhood into the yeah. telecommunication world? Were you the very inquisitive child while growing up? Were you into engineering? Did you know you would go into engineering? So just like a brief history about you into where you are now. Okay, all right. Um, I come from Masaka. Wow. Specifically, I want to say Nyendo, Nyendo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. That is where I grew up from. I'm a, I'm a child. I'm the last born in the family mm. um, of Mr. and Mrs. Kasuja okay. in Nyendo. Yes, that's where I grew up from. Um, I went to Hope Nazarene Primary School. Mm. It's then Nyendo. Then for my education, secondary education, I went to Masaka Secondary School. Okay. So uh, growing up, I was always, I want to say this star child, bright child, um, <laughs> yes. And uh, I grew up uh, with a lot of love, 
wow. uh, from my mother and uh, my, my, my elder siblings. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, uh, with a lot of encouragement, there's nothing like you can't do it, you can't make it. Mm-hmm. So growing up, basically, if we're looking at how I got into STEM, it's, it was more of a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they built me to a lot of confidence. Uh, then uh, the primary school I attended was purely a Christian school, Christian-based school, mm-hmm. prayer, and all that. So I grew up extremely prayerful. Okay. Uh, prayerful. Yes. And now transitioning into second, there is a story I usually tell. Um, I got uh, uh, five points for my PLE. Okay. So I was admitted to, what do they call it? I was admitted to Namgongo. Namgongo, yes. Mm-hmm. But at that time, my mom um, was, uh, I had uh, were two sisters, because I had to study with my, my big sister, the one I follow. So mm-hmm. we two people going to six, senior one. My elder brother was going into university, and my other sister was going to S5. So mm-hmm. we didn't have enough money. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, you know what, let's go to the school. You do your S1, then you should go to your preferred school next year when the funds are enough. Man, I cried. <laughs> I cried, I cried. I she was like, no. Yes. She was like, no, don't worry. You can make it. You can make it from anywhere. So I've, my mom my mom does business. So she's someone who has, we've seen toil. Eh? Mm. We've seen toil and work hard. So she's always told us you can make it anywhere. You can always make it anywhere. Mm. So that's when I joined Masake Secondary School, of course. S1. Actually, I joined a bit late, like a month later. Mm-hmm. Yes, we joined a month later with my other sister. Okay. And man, I, I enjoyed the school. I liked the school. <laughs> and you know, it's one of the top schools in the district. So mm-hmm. it was okay. So now S2 comes, they're like, you still want to change schools? I was, no, <laughs> I cannot. Because now I was even at day school. I, you know, I tell mm-hmm. people, me, I've been in day school all my life. And wow. I've been okay. And so I was in this school, you know, and then I was seeing the people in boarding schools. So I was like, now I'm taking miles away from home. And all that, I was like, no, mommy, I'm okay, what? So, so we, I did my S4, of course, I was the best girl in the district. And, uh-huh. uh, and uh, from there, we went to S5. S5, being the best uh, girl, okay, I was the second student in the school. Mm-hmm. Of course, again, I was admitted to Namgongo. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, so we went to school to pick results. Uh, the headmaster then, Mr. Sendagli, I like that man so much. <laughs> he was like, he told my mom, so you want to take our first grade? You've <laughs> suffered with our, with our students. Now you want to go to HSC and they praise those schools that they're taking students to university. Mm. No way. There's no way, no way. She's staying here. I'm giving her a bursary. Wow. Yeah, actually, even in during, even during S S, they had this bursary scheme of uh, the best students. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would pay half bursary. I think I was on half bursary, like uh, S one to S four. Okay. Of course, always on top of my class. That is what the teachers remember <laughs> about me. Every time I go there, they're like, "This girl topped her class from senior one up to senior six. So I was just, I was lucky. Mm. I should say, but of course, hard work. I was yeah. always reading my books. I, I was always helping out other students. 
actually all the way from uh, secondary, what people remember about me is they used actually to call me a teacher because I was always <laughs> the one explaining this, explaining that. They would always come back to me to teach them this. And with, by doing that, I actually would, I would gain more knowledge and you're mm. always on, the, on your toes to make sure you understand this concept because you know people are going to come back and ask you to mm. explain to them. So I, I was still in this school or this school and then we went to HSC. Now HSC, my, my teachers wanted me to do PCBM, mm. you know. <laughs> and a gentleman called Engineer Kanamwanji. Mm -hmm. Kanamwanji, yeah, I think I could name him as one of my mentors because he was, actually he was building, he's a civil engineer. So he was building and buying timber from my mother. My mother sells timber. Mm -hmm. So he was building and buying timber from my mother. So when, when he got to know me, we talked, he used, to, he used to come around. Actually, we used to do a lot of work at home. We used to help my mom with that timber. Uh, this gentleman, he was an engineer. Yeah, so I liked his lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. being an engineer. So I asked him how, to be, how you can become an engineer. Then, of course, with our other friends at school. So we, we knew we were, okay, the good thing with that school, actually, Masaka Secondary, is that the teachers they offer career guidance. So oh, if you want wow. to go into medicine, these are the subjects you have here. Wow. We have a lot of career guidance. There was actually a full office dedicated for career guidance. Uh, wow. There was Mr. Malagan Stewart then. We are still actually in touch. So there's an office there specifically for career guidance. Hmm, actually, good. one of the questions I usually face, uh, face is, when I meet, uh, like, I used to meet potential employers and all that, they were like, ah, I sure I got these marks from that school. <laughs> and I'm like, you people, that is the best school. So I'm like, you people, you even don't, don't read the news. <laughs> Our school is the best. I usually, I usually tell them. <laughs> but so, so uh, we have a lot of career guidance and a lot of follow-up, actually. Mm -hmm. Because uh, to be able to perform and and uh, to always uh, keep performing well uh, we had a lot of uh, teachers on our cases especially the people mm. whom they saw had potential mm. like the, we had a senior lady madame nasanga that one was always on my case all the time <laughs> even when she was not a teacher she was always mm. in my case and so the company, have you tucked in uh, your socks you know that age yeah? senior lady. you don't want to tuck in you want to put on a, yeah yeah so she was always in my case so that is something I learned from my mom. She always told us, never take a kid, your kid to a school where you don't have someone on their case. Mm. So that is something that I learned from my mom. And I always make sure for my kids, I always be in touch with the school. I think that is something mm. that helped me a lot personally mm. because I'm a stubborn person naturally. <laughs> so they're always on your case. But back to career guidance. So I learned that in order to do engineering, you have to do physics, economics, and mathematics. Mm. So I told my teachers, you know what? I'm not going to do chemistry. I'm not going to do biology. Because on the other, on the flip side, I'm someone who wants to read, understand, and chill. I also have a lot of, I love chilling. Eh? So I was like, mathematics, I'll understand from class. Economics, I can understand. Physics is where I will need to read a lot. And then I have my French. Yeah, I did French. So that one is automatic. Mm. An automatic one. 
because at the end of the day, uh, given my background, I was looking at a course that is going to, okay, a combination where I can easily perform mm -hmm. and go on government sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so I did uh, PEM and French. Mm -hmm. So uh, like I've told you, we had a lot of career guidance. So when we went into into the point of filling in the job forms, uh, because I wanted engineering, and then we looked at civil, mechanical, so telecom was around, uh, was new that time. Mm -hmm. And then I was always interested in gadgets. Mm -hmm. In gadgets, communications was new during our times. I remember my mom bought her phone in 1998. Wow. <laughs> wow. When P5, and it was amazing how you could talk to someone, because we used to have that home phone. So it was amazing how you could talk to someone far away. So uh, I, was, I was just interested in telecoms. And then civil engineering, uh, I was like, that's more of male-dominated, mechanical. No way I'm <laughs> mechanical. <laughs> so since telecom was new and uh, it was, most people were not, up, it had good points, eh? mm -hmm. like government sponsorship, because at the end of the day, I was looking for government sponsorship, given my background. So that's how I came to do telecommunications and I got uh, my 24 points at HSC wow. and got onto government sponsorship. So I got into engineering. But wow. what I, I see whenever, every time I look back is I had a lot of encouragement, mm -hmm. I had a lot of career guidance from school. Mm -hmm. And then I have this very strong, hardworking mother who tell, always tells us you can do it you can be anything you want to be. So I've never at all, personally, I always tell people, I've never felt like as a lady, I cannot be an engineer. As a lady, I cannot make it. Wow. Because now if we go into employment, you will also see that I've always been encouraged by my bosses, by my peers. I've never felt like I don't belong personally. That's my experience. Wow, that's a good thing. Wow. Yes, so what the parents need to do is to encourage their girl children that you can do it, you can make it. Mm. Then a position people who can guide and influence them, like I've shown you me, the school I was in, mm. there was a lot of uh, guidance and influence from the teachers that you can make it because at the end of the day, if your academics is not good, then you cannot be into STEM. Mm. So, yeah. yes, so this is my mom. I remember a funny thing, so which I, I have also picked up. Uh, so I was always the first in class, definitely. Mm -hmm. So every time we would have our end of term reports back, she mm -hmm. used to buy us something. I think God as well, of course, you can't forget that. Mm -hmm. Being that we've always been uh, prayerful people, we've always been church, church going people prayerful. So that is also something that I know helped me in, in my journey. Because mm -hmm. we always have a lot of challenges as, as teenagers, a lot of challenges here and there. But when I look back, I believe always God had my back. So you have mentioned things that have motivated you at different points in life. But um, mm. what are some of those points where you really needed to be motivated? What have been some of the challenges along this journey? points where you really needed to open that box of motivation and pick up something to help you push forward? So along that journey, uh, uh, things that broke me, I've told you about my admission in S1. Mm. Uh, I was really uh, devastated because um, they always, we always thought that 
to do this, you have to come from those big schools. And then in our environment, we used to see these parents who are well off take their mm -hmm. kids to class. I remember most of my friends went to Nabingo, Namagunga, to Shark, what? So, mm -hmm. and it was really devastating. But my mom sat me down and talked to me. And mm -hmm. one thing I always remember is you can make it from anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can blossom from anywhere, yeah. So that is a point which I remember which broke me. Mm. And funny thing in S4, when I got, I got that and my mom actually was willing to take me to Namgongo because now she was okay. Mm. The money was not a problem. But then when the headmaster said, no, you, you don't need to take her away. These are our first grades. We have to preserve them. Mm. We don't want to see Irene's name appearing in the papers that she has, she has been in Namgongo. Actually, I have another boy we usually competed with in class mm -hmm. we went to Namgongo so um I wasn't I, I didn't feel devastated because I'd already seen I made it mm -hmm. I made it yes so yeah that is that is that that, that is basically if, it, if you talk about engineering that is the point that really broke me mm -hmm. but because me actually my thing was about performing badly so like I told you, they were always on my case, you know, and then I'm super competitive. So I always wanted mm. to come out the best. I never wanted anyone above my name, yes. Mm. But for school, that is something that I could say that had hurt me at that time. Okay, so you go through school, you are an excellent student and uh, your mentor made you feel like you needed to go into engineering but you as a person at what point did you feel like you can do engineering as a career like when you joined university you were on government sponsorship and of course that you really liked but what yeah. how has it been like in the in the, in the working industry for you actually again i should say i've been lucky if not blessed by God. <laughs> I started working well as at school in our last semester. So there's this wonderful gentleman called Mr. Adele Yega. He's an in-law who was working in Huawei Technologies. <laughs> so uh, my sister-in-law tells me, oh, Irene, mean, you're about to graduate. You have to call up this guy. <laughs> you have to call up Adele. He can get your placement and all that. So I called him and uh, he was like, oh, wow, that's good. I remember I'm graduating. Oh, we even have a project. Come, mm -hmm. send your CVs, send all the CVs of your friends. Of your wow. friends, we can give you jobs. We can give you jobs. So actually, three quarters of my class got that job. Wow. Because <laughs> it that's was a project amazing. job and they needed site engineers. Mm -hmm. So that is, uh, how, that is how I, I started my engineering journey. Mm -hmm. But then... I also want to mention this. I may, I got to meet to meet my spouse mm -hmm. at university, mm -hmm. and we are in the same field. He has always been a super, super, super encouraging, super, super encouraging. You can do this. So um, I remember he took me to some. Uh, it was when we were dating. Mm -hmm. He took me for some work they were doing. He was working with a subcontracting company. Okay. So he took me to some of the work. We had a lot of mature age students. Okay. So I had friends from MTN. I had friends from Zane. I had friends from these other companies. I had friends in CAA. 
So mm. what happens is when these people come, because they joined us in the second year, some in the third year, usually look out for people who can support them. And I've told you, I've always loved teaching. I've always loved helping around people. Mm. That is me. So they would, they would always look for me. Irene, Irene, teach us this. Uda, you have these notes. Can you help us here on the weekends? Mm. So the chance I got is I would then work with them. Mm. So I have a very good friend. He's still our friend, Paul. He's in MTN. Mm-hmm. so they used to he used like on the weekend he was like you people i'm going to do this work can you go with me with some other friends of mine my my girlfriend mm-hmm. in class so we use we used to see them do actually the work so they have an outage they're fixing this they're fixing the bts there's a fiber cut they're splicing fiber and all that so they're actually solving problems you know mm-hmm. the importance of communication Mm. yes they are solving problems so that is how I went I, I went into loving the career because uh these people exposed us to the work what was the most exciting bit as at the start so you go around you know have this job you have cars they're driving you around mm. you go to office <laughs> you know that they gave us two weeks I don't know if it was orientation so they brought mm. us trainers they trained us in the equipment they they trained us uh what to do you're mm. seated in class mm. so they trained us what to do how the equipment looks like of course we had some virtual uh, some equipment there so we saw how the equipment looks like and all that. Mm. two weeks we always say read notebook <laughs> <laughs> why is read notebook you know you're there you're like ah i have a job so the first time so after two weeks now the project started so we were actually site engineers mm. we were supposed to they were swapping out equipment there was Ericsson equipment. They were swapping it to Huawei. It was worried. The days mm-hmm. of worried. Mm-hmm. So we go to site. Uh, so we were doing swaps. So swaps are during the are done during the maintenance window. Mm-hmm. That is from midnight to four. So we were so excited. <laughs> I mean, so uh, the first the first day, the first day, mm-hmm. I remember I was a cluster leader. So our first sites were in Masaka. I was the cluster head. Mm. So we had uh, we had these eight sites. I distributed them among my team. So we went to site to work. So as you're working, you have people who are in the back office. Once they configure, they tell you now you can change the equipment. So we're changing from one equipment to another equipment. So in that night, you have to move a full BTS. I don't know how I can explain this. <laughs> Swap it to another BTS. So basically for us, it was more of connecting tables, cables, sorry, and configuring. Okay. But then, uh, remember you've been in class. Now they have thrown in the deep. It is deep in the night. It is oh 12. Goodness. It is midnight. Now this is when you have to remember what everyone looks like. Mm. <laughs> wow. You have to remember, now you have to remember the color codes. It's deep oh, in the night. You are, I remember I was at the site of Guama. You have these contractors, they're asking you what next. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my god. It was that he showed me the cable connected. So he had to drive to all those other sites because the network had to be up before 4 a.m. Mm. So that was our first experience. Wow. It was not nice. <laughs> People in back office are like, things are not up. You're telling them I've connected. They're like, we don't see your site. You say I've connected, then you're calling your other colleagues. Because mm-hmm. actually we're distributed. We had some people in Kampala, some people in Michiana Road, some people in Tebe. We were around uh, around uh, uh, 25 engineers, if I remember. So we were all stuck. But when we got it, we got it. Mm. 
So when we went, I remember he was called Mr. Zangmin, our, our project head that time. Mm. When we got to site to office the next morning, he laughed. They all <laughs> laughed at us. Even this one back office. Said, eh, we thought you were Kafulos. What happened? You never spent a night out at work. I remember driving back to my to my house. I, I was driven back. I reached home at 10 in the morning. Mm. Because now after that, you have to clean up what people mm. have to pack equipment, so you have to see all that. Wow. But trust me, that was the last day we ever returned home at 10. The next time we went to sites, so we swapped over 300 BTS in, in like four months. Wow. Months, I think, yes. So we were now super, super people, but that place taught us a lot of thinking on your own, mm. figure solving problems, problem solving. Yes. Mm. So. Uh, so that's how I started with Huawei. Then when the project was done, I got a placement in Warwick mm. in the NOC. And I uh, worked uh, for one year. Mm. And then I went into Airtel when we did the, we had the merger. I went into Airtel. Mm. And uh, because of my, you know, I'm someone who is always inquisitive, someone who always wants to know what's happening what the other person is doing, what the other person is doing, what the other person is doing. So the, another thing that I really loved about working in the NOC, that, that is the Network Operations Center, okay. is that we, you get to learn all bits of the network. Mm. So you get to learn the physical. I don't know how to explain this. You get to learn the physical stuff. You get to learn the transmission. You get to learn equipment. You get to learn into the AIM. You get to learn all the equipment because now you are in the NOC, the Network Operations Center, you control the whole network. So mm. there was a lot of exposure to the different equipment, to the different vendors, to the different, um, so, so to the different vendors. And uh, I, we, we got to work with a lot of people from the field, the vendor, the equipment vendors, the senior engineers. So still that job, we are doing shift work mm. because the network has to be monitored 24 hours. So we're doing monitoring as well as troubleshooting which was very good. And that is when I landed on to now what I call my major, major path for now, which is okay. transmission planning. Because now transmission, transmission is the pipe, is the movement, is the, the blood. Mm. Because now everything, all the equipment eventually has to find a way of reaching, of communicating with each other. So that is transmission in networks. Wow. So that is how I got into transmission. I was working with a very good gentleman, Mr. Sadiq. Mm -hmm. um, so he's the one who taught me how to configure. We used to do a lot of configuration those days, deep in the night. So I'm this person, after my shift, I would keep around. He was like, I do have some hours to learn something new. Mm -hmm. So that is also my other mantra. I try to learn something new every day. It sounds hard, but actually it's possible. Even if it's something simple. So um, I've always been that person who is inquisitive and still I've been lucky to work with awesome teams. Mm. Are we worried, Airtel, Airtel Major, Airtel right now, uh, even where I'm, I am now, I've been blessed to work with awesome people, supportive people, supportive mm. guys. All the guys are supportive. So I always tell people, wow. I've never felt like I don't belong in this world. That is something that is, People think it's a joke, but I tell them it's true. I've always been encouraged. I've always been supported. Now, like I've told you, my spouse always supporting me. You mm. can do this, chase that. You're very bright. You can do this. Now, even when I transitioned into motherhood, 
last year, mm. my team at Airtel was always supporting. They can fill in for you. They can always support here. You leave, maybe your baby is sick and you have to step out. So I've always been supported by the team. And then another wonderful thing that Airtel is, we are always encouraged to be better. So my boss, Mr. Rajesh Agrawal, uh, my current boss, it's funny, but this is a guy who will give you something. I will do that. So they give you a lot of uh, powers to execute something. So everything starts and ends with you. All you have mm. to do is report. Mm. So that has wow. forced me to always be a problem solver. Mm. Always make sure that you have a solution to anything that is happening. Because right now I'm managing projects, mm. but still everything lands and falls on you. So you have to make sure you have this, you know, you know what is going, what has happened now. You know what is going to happen next. You mm. anticipate problems because at the end of the day, my boss will be like, give me an update. You need support. That is all he asked. Mm. So that is also, I've always been encouraged. I think that's all I can say. So this is the funny thing with our team. You know, we have departments, even in networks. Mm. But even if it's uh, like an issue in transmission, someone mm. from RAN or IN, we want to pick in and see, you people need support. This thing has taken long. You need support. So we are we have a very supportive culture. And even if you reach out to maybe HR, IT, anyone you reach out to, they're always willing to listen and help. What kills STEM in girls mm. is lack of support. That is something yeah. I've seen, even with some of my friends. Some of my friends had to leave the career because of lack of support. Mm. Like you're not supported. And then, you know, when you transition into uh, being wives and mothers, mm. you need a lot of support. You really need a lot of support. And I'm telling you at Airtel, the support is always there. School, I, always, I was actually uh, in primary school. Mm. There's this funny comment. So these parents were like, so we always bring gifts for this, <laughs> this woman is child. <laughs> Every family. Every child was supposed to bring a gift, <clears throat> a gift. Then at the end of year comfort, uh, sorry, concert, mm -hmm. they give out gifts, best performing, then in sports, mm -hmm. art, music, MDD, all that. So personally, I was always in the academia and MDD, yeah. I love mm -hmm. MDD so much. Sports, <laughs> that one, I totally <laughs> even running. So, that is, I was always recognized. Then being recognized in secondary school for getting all those scholarships, mm -hmm. right from S1 up to S4, then S5 up to S6. Mm -hmm. uh, university, uh, university was more of school and class. There was nothing like took missions at Chambogo. No, I didn't okay. get any, any award. Yes. And then in, at work, of course, Wawi, I got an award after our project, that mm -hmm. worried major project. Mm -hmm. Then Airtel 2014, I was awarded the best employee of the year. That wow. was an awesome moment for me. <laughs> yeah, in 2014, as yes, I got that. I think those are the awards I've got. You know, I'm not an award <laughs> person, I guess, not to look at it. Yes, but personally, on my own, I've tried to learn. I've always tried to learn new skills mm -hmm. i'm now into tutorship i have certifications on my on my back that's a part on my back for me but i've garnered some certifications on, on my for myself 
Mm. Yeah, that is all I can say. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I think mm. we're done with the serious questions. So, if mm. you are not at work, if it has nothing to do with engineering, how do you spend mm. your time? What do you enjoy doing in your free time? Okay, free time. Now I'm a new mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a COVID mom, so I don't think I have free time right now. <laughs> yes, okay. but mm. um, I enjoy music. I enjoy dancing, mm. movies. Then now I have to play a lot with my children. Mm. So we we play at home, just playing, mm. just being around as a mom. Yeah, but I'm a music person, music, dance, yes. That's something I love to do. And some travel, yes. Okay. Um, mm. So, two questions to go. Do you have mm. a favorite quote? Yes, I do have a favorite, favorite quote. Actually, I remembered and posted it on my LinkedIn yesterday. It's oh. quite a long, a long one. Our deepest, just to, to shorten, our deepest fear is not that we, we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that I we are strong beyond measure, like we are awesome, eh? That sometimes we fear. Actually, I've faced it in a few. So okay. the issue is, we feel like we are too much. Sometimes I feel like I'm too much. <laughs> My friends usually tell me, "But for you, I mean, you study everything. You, you what have you studied? You know everything. You do everything. Because <laughs> leave alone my career, you'll find me down in Chukubo because I do shopping for people. <laughs> I do personal shopping for my friends, like those people who don't want, who want nice things and don't know where to get them. <laughs> then I, yes, I volunteer with the Project Management Institute Uganda. <laughs> I volunteer with the Uganda Institute of Professional Engineers and then the Engineers Registration Board. So I'm just everywhere. So wow. some people think you're too much, but I've learned that you're too much, but in a good way, because mm. you never know. Someone will tap, will tap, will tap from that light that you're shining. Someone will tap, because yeah. I've had people, uh, people always asking me, how do I get a PMP certification? How do I get registered? How do I get this? So I'm always helping people, always, 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 always. Yeah. So um, just that I'm always letting my light shine. Okay. Oh, yes, so you'll pick up that quote. I will, I will, I've seen it several times, so I'll definitely pick it. Yes. No worries about that. Yeah, it yeah. speaks a lot to me. Mm. Mm. So my very last question is about um, your encouragement to a young girl who is struggling to find her place in STEM. She's passionate about STEM, but cannot find their ground. How would you encourage them? So the first thing, I don't know, it's harsh. I'm a harsh. I'm a harsh encourager. Is like you have to work for it. Okay. You have to put in the work. Yes, things don't happen overnight. You have to put in the work. Mm. Look for support because one, what, what I think stops them is one. One is a lack of opportunity mm. to do it, which lack might come from, especially the financial bit. Yeah. The financial bit and lack of someone to point you into the right direction. Mm. So I think that is something that usually yeah, discourages these young girls. So the first thing you have to do is work so hard at it, like it so much. You have it, you have to like it so much, and mm. that you also have a lot of sacrifices that you have you are supposed to do. You have to work so hard. Then look out for opportunities. We have a lot of opportunities. They are so lucky they have grown up in this environment. 
Mm. There is a lot of opportunities on the internet. There are a lot of people available to mentor you. So look look for those opportunities. So making sure you network with the right people, mm. keep in the space of where you want to be. You know that that's saying, like mm-hmm. trying to be uh like I tell people who ask me, you want to I want to be a PMP, how do I do it? First thing you do is come and join us, become a yeah. member of that local chapter, see what you're doing. Then from there, you can easily pick up. So network with the right people, work hard, and look up for, look out for mentors and uh, people who can encourage you because that is something that you need. Mm-hmm. We need a lot of, you will need a lot of encouragement. And then another thing is when you fall, rise up. When you fall, rise up. I've, been, I've seen people repeat classes. I've mm-hmm. seen people retake classes because you want it. You have to want it so bad. Yeah. You know, you might want it, like want, want, want it, but what are you willing to do? We have worked time, we have worked in the night. <laughs> we worked for, nonstop for 48 hours. We sacrificed a lot of holiday time, vacation time. Mm. Because even when we look at people who have, uh, who have made it in the other world, like maybe people have big, big, big businesses, big what, it's sacrifice. Mm. So you have to want it so bad, you know, that problem I've seen in STEM because I usually go to schools to teach is people just want love, love, love. You love that, but what are you willing to sacrifice? So make sure you pass those subjects. Make sure you, if you want to be an engineer, make sure you have physics and mathematics and you have to perform. Work so hard that you get the required marks that you need to go to university. Even at university, work so hard. But you know, people have this saying that a first, a first class degree doesn't count. Yeah. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, we, are, oh, we've, we have all been to university. I'm, I always tell these kids, you're kidding me. Mm-hmm. Performance is something that someone will look at. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of young people who always come to me for career guidance and all, and they're like, how, how, where do we start from? Where do we start from? So even at university, make sure you attend those classes and get mm-hmm. those marks. Yeah. Then when you get into the field, you know, even employers are looking out for people who have performed so well and how do they measure without talking to you and knowing you is your results. So they have to work so hard in school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So work so hard and want it so bad that mm. you're willing to sacrifice for it. Yes. For me, that was all I had. Thank you so much for sparing time <laughs> to talk to me. Uh, those yeah. were I, my- say I don't know how to talk. <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah. Um. So, Irene, unless you have questions for me on my side, that was it. I mean, thank you so much. Okay. Um. Irene, I wish you a good afternoon. Greetings to the kids and the husbands and 